Some of you who, who know me may know that I'm, I've always kind of been a fan of uh, Garrison Keillor and his uh, old Prairie Home Companion show on public radio. Um, Keillor uh, tells the story of when he was a boy back in his fictional hometown of Lake Wobegon, Minnesota. His uncle Ralph had dropped by and invited him to go ice fishing with him. Ice fishing was really an excuse to go out to those little lodges uh, on the lake and get away from women. Uh, that would be the frank truth of it, he said. Uh, they'd go out there, light a fire in a wood stove, drop their line in the hole, ice hole, and uh, forget about them and, and talk. Out there, he remembered that his Uncle Ralph, uh, uh, remembered his Uncle Ralph telling an awfully racy joke. Keeler was just astounded to hear it from his uncle. Uncle Ralph uh, said to him, he says, you know, Gary, uh, one way you can catch a fish is you take a can of peas and you open it up and you put the peas around the hole in the ice. And when the fish comes up to take a pea, you grab him. Boy, that was, that was some joke, he remembered. Uncle Ralph would never have told that joke in front of Aunt Florence. And, and uh, he said, I, I, I'll tell you, she wouldn't have stood for such a thing in her house. But it was kind of an honor, uh, Keeler reflected, that he would trust me with that joke, to know that I could hear him tell that and know that it didn't mean that he wasn't a Christian, which he was. Keeler went on to say that sometimes our our Christian faith got a little tight. And uh, there were women who took the Christian faith as license to straighten guys out a little bit, make them nice, and rid them of unclean, untidy things. Uh, he said, now, the women were right to do it. Uh, I, I don't mean to suggest that they, uh, they weren't, because uh, left to themselves, a lot of those guys would just made a wreckage of everything. And he remembered his Uncle Ralph uh, clearing his throat at the dinner table one day, and Aunt Florence looking at him in just utter disgust. He said, if looks could kill, that one would have wiped out a neighborhood. <laughs> it sounded like he was clearing his whole head, his whole chest cavity. But out there in the ice house, you could do that. Keeler uh, concludes his story saying, I don't know. But sometimes I think we wear our halos a little too tight. Friends, sometimes uh, the things that we get upset with are more about convention than, and civility and good manners and, and making sure that everyone is uh, uh, keeping the right rules for our particular culture. But is that really what the Christian faith is all about? Often in real life and uh, uh, death issues and life and death issues and, and, and injustices that we witness or hear about on a daily basis, so often those things hardly invoke a, a raised eyebrow. But we get upset at this other stuff that really doesn't matter. Luke says... Jesus told the parable that Jenny read for us just a moment ago uh, 
He told it to some who had uh, trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and they regarded others with contempt. Two people went up to the temple to pray, one pious, a devout religious person, a Pharisee. And he prayed, God, I thank thee that I'm not like other people, extortioners, murderers, adulterers, or like this tax collector over here. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. The Pharisee boasted, "I, I, I fast, I pray, I tithe all that I have. But all this tax collector could say is, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Two people were in church one Sunday. One a lifetime member of the church, frequent teacher of the Bible, member of the board. He prayed, God, I thank you that my parents um, brought me to church, taught me the Bible as a, as a child, as a youth, planted my heart uh, in, in my heart, a, a, a love and a strong commitment to your will. I give 10% off the top, volunteer each month with Habitat for Humanity, uh, tutor underprivileged children downtown, and I never drink to access. The other man, seated near the rear of the church, only muttered, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's all he could say. You see, when his uh, predatory payday loan business went belly up and his marriage dissolved and his wife left with the children, he began coming to church. So far, he hadn't joined the church. Nobody had asked him. He was lousy at prayer. He didn't know what words to say. These two persons then went to their homes after church, and frankly, the Bible-believing Christian, member of the board, didn't get much out of the service. Something was missing. Nothing in the service really touched his heart. He already knew the scripture for the day. Nothing new there. The music was a repeat of last week. The preacher was conventional. Oh, well, maybe another Sunday. The other man stayed seated in his pew long after the benediction, crying overcome with joy or grief, or, or, or grief. He, didn't, he didn't know which. He couldn't explain what had happened to him during the service. All he could say to anyone who would listen was, I know God loves me. Friends, I, I believe that the benefit of coming to worship with right motive is this. You will encounter God And as a result, you'll see yourself. And when you see yourself, you see your sin. When you see your sin, you ask God for grace and forgiveness, and you receive it. The saint is always more aware of his need for God than his successes in God. The saint is always more aware of uh, how far he has to go than how far he's come. A true saint never uh, outgrows his 
or her need for the grace and forgiveness of God. And the more you know of God's light, the more you see your own shadow. The more you become aware of your need of God's grace and the more you ask for God's cleansing and grace, uh, the more you realize how much God gives you. Epworth United Methodist Church sits in the midst of a community, one that includes young and old and those who are affluent, those who are living in poverty, those who may be well-educated, those who may not have finished school, married, single, African-American, Asian, Hispanic, Caucasian, straight and gay, those for whom life seems uh, rewarding, and those for whom life seems to be a burden. All who are in need of the wonderful and amazing grace of Jesus Christ in their lives. All in need of God's amazing forgiveness and healing power in their lives and in their relationships. Epworth, I believe, wants to be their church. We want to be a church like the one that's described by, uh, by Luke in, uh, when he wrote the second chapter of uh, the book of Acts, and he describes that early church. You remember it was a church in which people were receiving the good news and being saved. People of all nations and races added to and included in the community of faith. Hospitality was extended and was uh, that, that, that welcomed all, uh, in regardless of their station in society or their condition in life. But in order to be a church like that, uh, we need to be straight about what uh, Jesus' priorities were because we, we don't always look at our neighbor the same way that Jesus did. We never want to be guilty of categorizing people into camps uh, uh, of those worthy of Jesus' love and those who are not. Those worthy of his forgiveness and those who are not worthy of being here and not. There's a strange and wonderful uh, kind of tension in our story this morning from the gospel uh, which is woven by varying threads of perspective and forgiveness. Um, it's about people, this story. It's about people who need forgiveness and know it. It's about people who receive forgiveness and are grateful for it. It's about people who need forgiveness and don't know it. And it's about religious people who absolutely, totally miss the point. Jesus was trying to convey that faith is not uh, about believing the right things or obeying religious uh, rules as much as it was about a right relationship with God and others. He was explaining that uh, genuine faith is about living a life of love for God and God's people. This is true holiness. I've been thinking... Uh, 
about this a lot lately in this very, these very confusing times in which we're living, you know, where uh, it's hard to uh, separate truth from fiction uh, in these times. How do we experience the kingdom of God here on earth? How can we know that we belong to God and we're going to heaven? Do we get to heaven because of good moral behavior, wearing our halo just right? We know that it's really not possible, for the Bible says there's no one righteous, not even one. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How then do we become right with God? Is it through believing the right things and having the, all the right doctrine? No, for the Bible says there is no one who understands. No one will go to heaven because they have done all the right things or believed all the right things. From time to time, people ask me, uh, Steve, are you a biblical literist, literalist? And uh, I say, well, uh, no, but I'm, I'm planning to become one um, <laughs> as soon as all the biblical literists can believe on the literal, literal uh, can agree on the literal interpretation of the Bible. Um, and I might consider it. <laughs> How do we see the kingdom of God? How do, we, uh, uh, it, how do we understand the kingdom if, if, if it's not through perfect moral obedience and correct belief? Well, friends, I'd like to suggest that it's true humility, something that was missing in our Pharisee in the story this morning. It's through humility. It's through throwing ourselves at the mercy of God, like the other gentlemen in the story. It's through loving God and others while realizing that we don't have it all together. We don't have all the answers. Paul uh, wrote, so we too have put our faith in Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law because by observing the law, no one, will be justified. We're made fit for the kingdom by asking God for forgiveness and seeking his grace. And this is what the Bible teaches us. Teaches us. In the Old Testament, the prophet said, he has showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. It is in living in this humility that we find God's forgiveness and experience spiritual rebirth. And we just might have to stick that halo in our back pocket for a while. Robin Myers in his book uh, entitled Morning Sun on a White Piano uh, quotes theologian Ernest Campbell who sums up the ministry of Jesus in this way. He said, a reforming Jew convinced that the people had turned love into legalism, that is Jesus, uh, went about asking those people 
who thought they were in, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and other officially religious people, are you sure you're in? I know you think you're in, but are you sure you're in? And to those who thought they were out, widows and tax collectors and prostitutes, the sick and dispossessed and the officially irreligious people, he asked, are you sure you're out? I know you think you're out, but are you sure you're out? Myers goes on to say, his, speaking of Jesus, his ministry was one of constant, unbridled compassion. And his parables made the point again and again, our thoughts are not God's thoughts, even on our best days. That's the secret of humility. Not looking inward and dwelling on our, uh, our deficiencies and weaknesses, not looking outward at other people and comparing ourselves to to them, their vices against your virtues, their virtues against your vices. Uh, humility comes from looking up into the face of God, who is holy love and loving holiness. To see ourselves and our need for forgiveness, to cry out for grace, for daily life, like the prophet Isaiah, that day he went into the temple and he caught um, a vision of God and he cried out, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Seeing God is to see ourselves. And to see ourselves is to understand what humility is. Putting it uh, in the words of the old African-American spiritual Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart. Lord, I want to be more holy in my heart. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. Will you pray with me? Lord, that is our desire this morning to be more like Jesus and we're human. We struggle to find the way. We have ups and downs in our spiritual journey. We have difficulty in understanding, but we are so thankful for your grace today that makes up for our inadequacies and our failings. Lord, we do want to be Christians and followers of Jesus. So we pray that you would keep us on the path. Help us to keep our eyes upon you and keep us reaching out to those who are also trying to find their way home. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.